Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common, and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other. Uh, so we'll take this week's movie and pair it with something artier or trashier and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. You must do one of those two things. Yes, there will be a test at the end. It's a really simple test. It's uh, one or the other. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like movies? Yeah, yes or no. (laughs) Uh, These voices you're hearing are your hosts. I'm Nick, and with me as always is Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm also great. Good. We're doing it. Now ask me how I am. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) This week we are continuing our coverage of Jan Eurek. Kyrie. <laughs> if you noticed hesitation in my voice, it's because I got scared to say the word again. You should be. You should be a little scared every time you try it. I'm living in a world of my own destruction because I came up with <laughs> this, this is your awful fault. Thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> January Kyrie. January Kyrie. It sounds like a word when you say it. <laughs> it doesn't feel good, but all right. Well, Urukai are not good, so. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, this is on purpose. It's supposed to feel bad. (laughs) You're supposed to hate (laughs) listening to this. Uh, And naturally, because I talked about Urukai, you know we're talking Lord of the Rings, and uh, you can catch up with last week's episode on Fellowship if you like, because this week we're talking about those two towers. (laughs) Those crazy two towers. Lord of the Rings, those two (laughs) towers. Who now has the strength to stand against the armies of Isengard and Mordor? Stand against the might of Sauron and Saruman, and the union of the two towers. talking about Two Towers, which came out in 2002, which is so, what, like, what a weird time. Same year's <laughs> Attack of the Clones. Oh, just 2002 being a weird year? Yeah. And yeah, there weren't, like, movies weren't good at the time. No, they weren't. Right? No. Especially movies that involved effect work. Right. Possibly <laughs> our darkest time, because yeah. we were very confident about the ability of, of digital effects. It's the classic, you were so preoccupied with, if you could... If you should, Jurassic Park. Ironically, yeah. very good effects. Yeah. <laughs> they could Looking and bad. should. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so just like Fellowship, we got mostly the same credits here. We got Peter Jackson's Run the Show. Screenplay by Jackson, Fran Walsh, Philip Aboyans, and the only one of the three that had an additional writer, oh. Stephen Sinclair. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I can tell you the reason why is because they had a really hard time writing this movie. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, They're on record as saying this was the hardest one to do. I Um, could see that. Main reason why, I was like, oh yeah, middle chapters are tough. That's that's Totally, yeah. But the main reason why is because uh, if you listen to our Fellowship episode, you'll know that they originally didn't really have a Two Towers movie. They were just going to skip over most of what happened and lump it into other things. It was going to be half lumped in with Fellowship and then the back half was going to be. Yeah, so they were like, okay, well, what do we do for a movie then? (laughs) How do we make this one? We know there's Two Towers, but what else is going on? (laughs) Is Brad Dourif doing anything? (laughs) If not. Let's make that happen. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. So they just had to triage the shit out of it. I think one of those things if you get outside eyes in to be like, so mm. what would you do? Like, like we know what to do. Any- yeah. 
I just want to know that you know. <laughs> um, we had this, obviously, the same ensemble cast as last time, but thrown in the mix, we got to the Brad Dourif we were just talking about. Goddamn best. The absolute best. And with him, you got Bernard Hill, who's treating everything happening in Rohan like it's out of Shakespeare. Just so, yeah. <laughs> so hardcore into it. Uh, Andy Serkis has arrived on set now. Yes, right. <laughs> I spent several months without him. You have an unfortunately blonde Carl Urban. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of blonde, Miranda Otto is there. And uh, to round it out, you got David Wenham as Faramir. Oh, yes, right. I forget these movies enough between viewings that I was like, who's this character oh, right. when Faramir shows up? <laughs> you were like, why is this scene happening? I'm yeah. like, do you not? <laughs> Remember the huge deal the of the plot? The enormous <laughs> deal this has made of? Okay. <laughs> well, that's what watching the movie is for. Yeah. Yeah, we get a ton of just, like, I yeah, I can see this one being... Not unwieldy, but just difficult to make sure it stays on the rails. Yeah. You're throwing a handful of people with, like, you're just meeting them mid-crisis. Yeah, and, and you it's have really to, hard to... You have to try and make them seem as important, but not necessarily more important than the characters we know from the last movie. Yeah. So you're doing all this catch-up development work, kind of. Yeah, and you have yeah. to make sure it happens with the main characters, like, to uh, kind of onboard them into the story, but... Or you do it... You, they did with Wormtongue, and you just call a person Grima Wormtongue, <laughs> dress him in black, and like, that's his character. Hey, do you like my sidekick? Yucky worm face. <laughs> do you think this guy's gonna be a good dude, or? Just friggin' goth Brad Dourif in the corner. <laughs> Any Brad Dourif is good, but I feel like where he really shines is when he just gets to be unappetizing as fuck. There's a couple of his roles that are just, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a brilliant actor. Yeah, but yeah. he's great. I, I love that for him. I love when people just get to, like, they don't have to pretend to be <laughs> good or attractive it just or, looks like, like appetizing. It looks like so much fun. Yeah. He's having a blast. He is having a blast. Bless him. So let's talk about, let's get into the uh, the old plot of this, this little buddy. Yes. Which, Fellowship is great because, like, really bringing the entire scope of the universe into here's these nine guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then this movie is let's splinter these nine guys to the wind and one guy is removed. Uh, <laughs> one guy died. Yeah, and and just seeing the effect that they all have on the world as they interact with it. Yeah, it's, it's a real like, okay, great, we've all met each other. Now break. Yeah. And you all get to you all have different tasks let's and break like, different out, projects. Little to breakout do. groups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we start out with the a dream. We awaken yeah. into Frodo's dream, which catches us up with what happened to Gandalf last time. Right, yes. Last falling, time on. Yep. Falling to a pit of doom, uh, but uh, reveals to be just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Frodo and Sam on their own. They're uh, making their way to Mordor, more just kind of stumbling there. Um, yeah, they have no map, really no guide. sense of how to cross the terrain. <laughs> they just keep getting to, like, mountain crests and being like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I can see where it is. Just squinting at it, being like, are we closer or farther? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But they find out Gollum has been tracking them, and uh, they capture him. Uh, Sam wants to kill him. Uh, (laughs) It's very dark for Sam, but he's in very protective mode. Yeah. But uh, Frodo's like, no, we keep him alive, he'll get us to Mordor. Cut to next breakout group. (laughs) Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are pursuing the Urukai to save Merry and Pippin. 
and they enter the Kingdom of Rohan, which I think gets a couple name drops in the first one. And uh, the Urukai get ambushed by a group of Rohirrim, which are just cavalry, basically. Yeah. Uh, and the hobbits escape into Fangorn Forest. <laughs> Aragorn's group meets up with this Rohirrim, who meet blonde Carl Urban, who explains that they got exiled and they killed a bunch of Urukai on the way out. They're asking, like, you see any short stacks in there? And they're like, yeah, we're pretty <laughs> oh, sure they're dead. Yeah, we didn't specifically, but we definitely killed anything that moved. So, <laughs> so like, sorry, I so didn't know your sorry. friends were in there. Yeah, here's some horses. <laughs> Bye. Good luck with your life. <laughs> see you never. Yeah. Uh, There's a real... Has it... Have we gotten the shot yet of why the Rohirrim were exiled or why, like, Aomer specifically? Yeah, I, I glommed over it, but yeah, okay. he's he's a hairy lump with glazed-over eyes. This is the king of the Rohan. The king, Theoden. Yeah. And uh, Brad Dourif is whispering in his ear, and it's very like, can't you see he's evil, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, shut up, don't say anything. We can't talk weird. about it, he's the king's best friend. <laughs> okay, yes. I, I like that. I think the the specific like showing of, of Aomer getting exiled is... You get more of a sense of like, holy shit, there's a lot of crisis happening and the mm. king is absolutely unfit. Yeah. Like, it's not just, oh, this one guy is making the king's life hard. It's yeah. that because the king can't do anything... Everyone else's life is very hard as yeah. well. Like, and orcs like, roaming the countryside, and so the Rohirrim are like, fine, fuck it, we'll do it. So there's a lot of, like, crumbling factions and yeah. stuff, right? Everyone's just like, I guess I'll just do my own thing and well, try speaking it the of best fracturing, I can. Yeah, it's exactly that. The, the fracture groups yeah. forming under <laughs> incompetent leadership. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Another timestamp. <laughs> Actually, this is going to no, be... This is human not history. specific yeah. to one time. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. Uh, so our, uh, our splinter group of Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli go off to try and make sure the hobbits are actually dead. Um. Yeah, get some closure. Yep. Uh, but turns out, no. Thanks, <gasps> ranger skills. Aragorn's ranger skills. Help <laughs> it always cracks me up so much when, like, a ranger type is, like, just looking at the ground and is like, hmm, someone wearing a green cloak was lying clockwise to the <laughs> horse that was moving northerly. <laughs> Okay, man. Whatever you say. <laughs> I can buy it more than this because it's like, oh, magic. I guess. But, but, like, those things happened, and then the horses rode around and they piled up a bunch of bodies and burned them. Yeah. Like, a lot has happened. <laughs> anyway, I respect it. It's fine. He works hard. He works, he works hard. hard for the money. Yep. But they wander into the woods tracking the hobbits, and they meet a wizard in white. I'm like, oh, no, Saruman. Nope. Fucking gotcha. <laughs> It's a new white wizard in town, which is weird to say. Gandalf the White <laughs> is here. We're just going to gloss over that. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> he got resurrected, which I got a big old theory on this, having not read the books uh, for a couple decades. <laughs> okay. That we'll talk about in a while. Okay. He leads the trio to Rohan's capital, where he breaks up this weird worm tongue theoden thing going on. Very parasitic relationship. Yeah, which, like, Saruman is kind of possessing... Theoden, we get all that stuff. Yeah, he he's got a, he's a good, like, yes, if we make this king feeble and impotent, mm. then the orcs can more easily sweep the countryside. And yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and yes. Yeah, it's, that's a real, like, it's more, it works better than just attacking. That's the real insidious, like, let them destroy themselves. It'll be great. Totally, yeah. yeah. And, that like, now you've, <laughs> the re end result of, like, AMR getting 
you know, exiled slash really pissed off and <laughs> basically being like, fine, I'll take my army and I'll leave the capital. Like, yeah. no, no, don't do that. <laughs> That's exactly what he wants. Stop <laughs> it. You idiot. Just inside Theoden giggling to himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does work really well. Saruman's very clever. I He's, will give him that. Yep. A clever white wizard. It still don't sounds say it bad. Again. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so Theoden, in control of his senses once more, uh, is like, this sucks. Let's go away. What have you done to my fucking city? And he's basically woken up at the worst possible time, right? He's like, oh my God, what's, what's been going on? And they're like, um, an entire army is headed your way. He's like... Say what? No real memory of, like, his son has died recently. Yeah. His niece is uh, kind of just having a personal crisis. Of, Absolute like, this... panic attack of, like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Theoden's like, you know what? Let's just hit the bricks. We're heading to Helm's Deep because we can't defend. Jeez it. Our, our city that's, like, built on hay. They'll just yeah. burn us up. <laughs> it's very flammable yeah. city. Uh, those horse lords love their hay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know they don't eat the hay, right? The horses eat hay. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and in solidarity with the horses, so does the king. It's a way to feel close to yeah, the horses. Yeah, it's bonding. Yeah. Uh, so all of our Ro- Rohanians? Ro- Rohanes? Ro- <laughs> Brohanes? Bro- Rohanes. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. They're, uh, they just make their way to Helm's Deep. They get attacked along the way. Helm's this Deep is- being their, like... Their fortress that they yeah. own for some reason. I'm not 100% clear on why they own this fortress, but it is like yeah. property of yeah. the kingdom. It feels like one of those things like it's, it's in our borders. We haven't been that, back it there for a thousand be, years. Yeah, Let's yeah. It must be up. like up against the mountain ridge that's yeah. also the border or something. Yeah. yeah. Excellent set piece, of course, as everyone oh, knows. We, absolute classic. Uh, along the way, Aragorn gets kind of left for dead because they think he died. Yeah, there's an attack mid-flee yeah. and Aragorn gets dragged off a cliff. Yep. Which feel like I think it's the only part that feels mildly like padding slightly to me because that's not in the books, right? That's just added for the movie. I don't sake. know. Yeah. Okay. Be- the only reason I feel like that is because it gives our Ar- more Arwen time. Who? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Need to really establish this. Like he has bonds yeah. here. Like he has stuff to fight for. <laughs> and his horse. And his horsey that <laughs> his comes horse and helps loves him. him. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So we cut over to Rivendell, Elfland, where Arwen is uh, being told by Hugo Weaving Elrond that uh, Aragorn will not return. Uh, he reminds her that if she remains in the middle, she's going to re- outlive him and die. It's a really... It's really bleak. Yeah. yeah. He does his, like, men ain't shit speech, and then he's like, but also, like, you will just live forever and never grow old, and everyone you know will die, and the earth will crumble, and you won't be able to do anything. You can't even kill yourself, is kind of his, (laughs) kind of where the speech... It does, though! He's like, you just have no recourse. That'll just be it for you. Yeah, you'll just, like, stare at your husband's grave for the rest of your life. (laughs) For millennia. Cool, Dad. Nice pep talk. (laughs) And Elrond wanders off and gets a call from Galadriel, Kate Blanchett, who's like, hey, stop being a jerk. Don't be a dick about it. Honor the old alliances, my dude. Yes, yeah. don't just pack up and flee and be like, you're on your own, humans. Which he still does, right? Like, he doesn't help them. <laughs> no, it's, it's right? Her, it's, it's, it's the Lorien elves yeah, who, they yeah. get into it. So yeah, what the fuck, Good dude? try. The one thing he does later on is he does, like... He does Aragorn a favor. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He gives him like the tools to yeah. to 
ascend to the throne or whatever. More on that later. Spoilies. <laughs> I I kind of like that though. It's 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 a hard position to be in where you're like in charge of this whole city of people, like arguably a race of people. I don't really sub race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's. You you get it like yeah it's not their fight anymore they don't have to yeah you want to keep your daughter safe that's just a very but understandable decision to make it's the follow through of all the council shit we see in fellowship which is like totally. well I know that I should be helping but I can't really because look but at what we're I? dealing with they're to- they're talking themselves out of helping at every yeah. turn yeah like yeah. well it's we already fought Sauron it's Oof. your turn if you can't do it on your own we shouldn't help you I mean eh, eh. Eh. anyway. <laughs> Elrond. I don't want to agree with him, is what I'm feeling. I know, feeling. exactly. I'm like, oh, I don't like it. Yeah. And the one thread I haven't talked about yet that's been running through this whole thing is in Fangorn Forest, Merry and Pippin meet Treebeard. Yes. Our first and friend that we meet. And... Who, I didn't, I don't think I really realized this until I was looking at it this time. It's John Reese davies voicing Treebeard. Oh, and, is it? Yeah, yeah. That feels right. Yeah. It's a great job. Didn't recognize him, <laughs> even though he's in the same movie. Um, <laughs> totally logical choice. Yep. There's a lot more of the Fangorn Forest stuff in, in Two Towers, which I deeply appreciate. Me too. It makes it feel way less tacked on and yeah. more like, oh, there are multiple threads and they are all equally important. Like, yeah. if one of them doesn't come through, this whole movie doesn't work. Because I know I felt watching the theatrical cut of this before, and this is my first time seeing the extendies. Yes. Uh, the theatrical cut before feeling like, oh yeah, there's all this important shit happening, and then uh, we'll cut to a tree for five minutes and then cut away. <laughs> and I hesitate to say that they work like a deus ex machina kind of thing. Well, that is what it feels yeah. like. It's like, oh, I guess we forgot we have to wrap up this Saruman thing. Yeah. So let's just have the trees smash him or something. <laughs> yeah, it feels way more earned and yeah. way more like Mary and Pippin have stuff to do. And... and a lot of the reason I didn't want to say deus ex machina is because machines in there and they fight against industry. They're, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have called you on it. I but I can't, fine. I can hear it reverberating in my head, so I need to say it out loud. You have a lot of stuff going on, huh? Yeah, most of it has to do with talking trees. I'm very worried about you. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, speaking of councils that don't want to do anything, uh, the end moot happens. Yes, so many councils that are ineffective <laughs> in this trilogy. It is one of those things of watching it, you're just like. It is nice to feel the catharsis of like, oh, <laughs> somebody out there understands yeah. what we're going through. Man, it's fuck a, a committee. Real, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Moot feels like a subcommittee for sure. This oh, is a, like, God. a yeah. breakout, breakout committee. <laughs> um, yeah, so they don't want to do anything. Which, I mean, I get it. I, once again, I get it. But then the hobbits are like, you know what? Don't drop me at home. Uh, I just need to see um, Isengard real quick. Yeah. Oh, you know, if we sneak past Isengard, like, he won't be expecting us yeah. to go that way. So we'll actually be safer. You'll be farther from harm's way or whatever. One of my very favorite lines in the entire thing of, like, that does not make sense to me. But then again, you are very short. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Classic. I love it. Um, <laughs> but they get out to where uh, Saruman's been clearing trees, and he gets real big mad. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it physically hurts him to, like, see... Well, yeah. He's he like, says, you're with my friends. Yeah, like, you cut down on my friends. trees were my friends. <laughs> it feels a lot more like 
Well, again, it, you have to slap someone in the face with like, no, this will mm. affect you eventually. Yeah. Uh, then you're, you know, fine, whatever. If that's what it takes to get them on board, that's what it takes. And the extended edition, because we're spending so much more time with Freebeard, you actually see him talking to the trees and the trees moving a little bit. Yes. And a lot in the, the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're like, oh yeah, this isn't just a thing I can't really understand. You can see the the relationships there. Yeah. That, like there's a society that you don't understand because it's, it's trees. Yeah. Um, and they feel very removed from the conflict as a result, yeah. right? Which is like, it's just, you know, humans and elves fighting. I don't have to have any part of that. We point. don't have ears. Yeah. We're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna come for you, ears or no. Yep. Burn you up. Flame on. Uh... <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, Aragorn arrives at Helm's Deep and is alive. <laughs> <laughs> but, and has the greatest entrance of all time. <laughs> but he tells everybody that, like, you know, we're fucked. The army's coming. Yeah. Uh, we gotta prepare for battle despite being super outnumbered. That's right. Yeah. It's not It's not just that, like, there are bands of orcs coming. It's that I, you know, on my way back to Helm's Deep from, like, being dragged out of the river by yeah. my horse, I saw... Tens of thousands of, like, yeah. well-armed, like, an entire fucking battalion. Yeah, and they got, like, coming uh, for you. they say that they have 300 in the yep. Helm's Deep. Classic. For those that know your <laughs> Spartan history, this feels very Thermopylae. Yeah, <laughs> just a solid number to indicate that you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that means it's siege time. Hell but yeah. we do get uh, Galadriel's elf friends come through, and we get uh, yeah. the Lorian elves arriving. Um, Hell yeah, we do. It's oh, that's such a goddamn satisfying bit. Yeah. When oh, what is it? There's you can hear marching, and you're like, oh shit, they're here. Yeah. And then someone I can't remember who looks over and is like, oh my god, yeah. oh my god, look, and Aragorn kind of. You know, peers out into the darkness and he's, open the gates! <laughs> and it's these elves and they're just like, they've got their cool pikes and yeah. their battle Shiny music. Armor. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that. That's so satisfying. I can't remember his name. The really bitchy elf. Yeah, who, I just, um, he's smarmy. Got a real yeah. smarmy face. <laughs> and as he should be. Yeah. But he's like, you know what? We were bros once. Let's be bros but again. <laughs> we shall bro again. Yeah. <laughs> The bros have risen. Yes, it's it's so satisfying and like I'm not I'm not above that moment. No. That's that's good. in a in a trilogy that is effectively dudes rock. This yes. is a solid dudes oh, rock moment. You expect them to like fist bump or like bump chests or but something. But no, they just fucking hug it out. Yeah, there's a lot of hugging. I love yeah. that for them. Yes, very satisfying moment. So now they are 300 plus. Yeah, 300 plus others. <laughs> We're not going to tell the you the rest. number. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> they're they've been beefed up by like archers which is great yeah. like long range weapons they're better prepared yeah. now they might have a chance yeah might being the key word dun 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 oh uh, it's haldir that's who oh, it is okay i wouldn't yes. have been able to pull that so uh, good on you thank you um, and meanwhile we've got like i feel like two hours previous gandalf as he's like separating from the group tells them like i'm going to find the Rohan Oh, yeah, he drops armies. them off at Helm's Deep, yeah. and he's like, I gotta go get more people. Like, we gotta... Cause, Look cause, to the light of the fifth day, I believe Yes, dawn on the... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do like this, too, because it's obvious that, like, if, if Theoden, once he came out of his weird Grima coma, they... <laughs> if he'd immediately called back the Rohirrim, they might have stood a chance. Yeah. But he... I don't know. He's really... It's the combination it feels, of, like... There's enough of an excuse to be like, oh, yeah. they're too oh, far they away. Oh, they won't catch up. And he's ashamed. Yeah. I think he genuinely, like, he's wrestling with a lot of, like, his son just died. He's 
obviously let down his yeah. whole country like or county what is it with it's countryside? whatever yeah, countryside yeah and and his people and like now all they can do is flee like that doesn't feel good and no. so i think he's just like no like he's very defensive about i'm not gonna call aramur back i i banished him i'm not gonna i can't look at him you see how blonde carl urban is i can't talk to him you about don't him. like this i hate it so much <laughs> It's the combination of the long hair and the blonde. It's just the worst Carl Urban has ever looked to me. Uh, 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 I'm going to make you map it out. What are your hottest and least hot Carl Urban roles? This is going to be the subsection of the poll question. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It'll just, that's just part of every episode now. How do you feel about Carl Urban in this movie, in yeah. this universe? That's, that's fair. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yes. yes. So they're just like waiting it out and we get just i the helm's deep siege is everybody talks about it It was the big marketing thing at the time i know no doubt and it's for a reason it it rules it's so great goes so hard talking about not being above things like there's nothing new in here for a siege really no but it's all just so cool and the design is so great and you know what i love particularly about it is there's lots of when when you there's lots of you know, sword and sandal type epics mm. or, or high fantasy epics where yeah. there are big battles, but what the battles are is it's somehow, it's just chaos. Yeah. And that's supposed to look impressive where there's lots of activity happening. Yeah. No one is organized in this. And I know fuck all about like, you know, battle tactics, mm. but there is a very clear like, okay, we'll hit them this type of attack is going to do the most damage initially. And yeah. it's all the archers, right? Try and clear out as many of the yeah. the front rows as you can before they get too close. Yeah. And then once they've reached the walls and they're starting to climb up, you get the guys with pikes or whatever. Like there's a, and you know, a like, plan and you, you can see it unfolding. You're like, oh, it You know the plan for both sides too. Is, yeah. is like you, you yeah. know that the Urukai are going for that little super great, but you know that the siege yeah. people... Don't know, don't know that. that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, totally. So it's actually satisfying to watch unfold and mm. not just in a like, yeah, chaos mm. way. It's like, oh, they tried this. Yes, it worked. Or, oh, God, no, it didn't work. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, there's yeah. actual stakes there instead of just how many are going to be left standing. It's, it's tactics. Yeah, and because the... I feel like the obvious comparison in this is like to Minas Tirith that happens in the next sure, movie. Sure. And I infinitely love this one more because the layout of Helm's Deep is so makes so much mm. sense to me. Yes, like you can see the weaknesses and the strengths and, and, and you can see like, oh yeah, you would retreat to that keep. Oh yeah, totally. you would retreat into the back cavern. You can oh, yeah, see them would, going higher yeah. and higher as they yeah. The tiers are there. It's yeah. much less chaotic for that reason. It's very clear cut. Yes. Which is yeah. You great. can see them making those decisions of like this isn't working, cut it off, seal it off. Mm-hmm. Go to the next level. Yeah, yeah, great. Big I'm fan. Big fan of the thing big that everyone's a big deep fan. Likers. Yeah, <laughs> turns out it's good. <laughs> yeah, as the siege usually goes, they just keep losing ground and losing ground and losing ground. But then, mm-hmm. true to his little word, uh, little Gandalf arrives at dawn with Eomer and the Rohirrim, and they turn the tide of battle killing off all of the surviving Urukai. And this is definitely an extended uh, edition bit, which I absolutely loved. (laughs) Yes. While this has been going on and and Merry and Pippin have like, you know, basically tricked the Ents into rounding up the trees and, and 
the trees have been moving. We got a real like Mackers situation yeah. here where the trees, because Saruman is very close to, to Rohan, and they've come up behind the Urukai yeah. army as they're attacking Helm's Deep. So when they turn around to retreat, because they're getting it from both sides now, wall of forest. It's so suddenly, great. Out of nowhere. Because you get so many shots of the orcs before that, that you know it's a clear plane. And this yeah, is the first yeah. shot that you get. That you're like, oh, what the hell? What the fuck? <laughs> That was not there before. Uh, and the trees, oh, it's so it's so creepy. The Orakai flee. Yeah. I don't know why you would walk into a forest that wasn't there before, but they're not bred <laughs> they're for not, smarts. Yeah, they're That's not smart. fair. Yeah. And they all, the last of them sort of hightails it in, and then the trees start shaking. Yeah, and they wait until every orc is in yeah. first. So you don't see anything happening, <laughs> but you can see the leaves, like, you know, mouths yeah. shaking and the screams coming out of there. Mm-hmm. It is just infinitely creepy. And we've seen in a, an, again, an extended edition bit, yeah. we saw a tree accidentally Try to smother Marion Pippin. <laughs> so, like, they're ready to fuck shit up. Yeah, they mad. <laughs> yeah. Big they, mad. They want to fight you. Again, very satisfying oh, moment. So satisfying. And yep. then, meanwhile, you got the Ents taking down Isengard, yes. cutting off one of our two towers. We've got... All of those threads pretty much get tied up at the end here, and we yes. go to, um, this is one of those things of there's so many intercutting plot lines that it's just simpler to talk about one group at a time. Yeah, no, that's right. So fair. while all of this has been happening, <laughs> Gollum has been leading Frodo and Sam through the Dead Marshes, our mm. creepiest swamp. Oh, so creepy. To the Black Gate, and uh, you get there, and you're like, well, yeah, you're fucked. You can't <laughs> do anything. And he just recommends going another route so that you don't just get stabbed in the face or yeah. shot with an arrow or whatever. And Frodo and Sam get captured by the Rangers of Ithilien. They're from Gondor. <laughs> They're led by Faramir, the brother of the late Boromir. Mm-hmm. Frodo helps Faramir catch Gollum to save him from being killed by the Rangers. And there's some... Gollum has a little internal journey here of like, no, I'm not going to have two warring personalities. I'm going to have one, and it's I'm the nice one. I'm going to be good. Yeah, I'm going to be Smeagol. <laughs> and he feels tricked by this, so he goes back to the classic Smeagol-Gollum split. It is a very interesting, like, this definitely is the most Gollum development-heavy yeah. one, for yes. sure. It's It feels like it really builds off that, you know, Frodo not wanting to, or wanting to kill him in yeah. Moria, and Gandalf is like, it's not up to you. You just have to do your best. Yeah. And, and try and trust people, and... Yeah, and, like, Gollum is willing to get on board and, like, (laughs) oh, my God, someone is treating me with understanding. Turns out if you treat somebody with respect, they're into it. They won't try and strangle you in their sleep. (laughs) Probably. Uh, Yeah, like 70% chance. Yeah, your odds are better, (laughs) just saying. Yeah, Yeah, so it's just a very very interesting, uh, like, he's got a lot of trauma and stuff, and he, he just wants to be not harmed <laughs> yeah he just wants to eat his fish and <laughs> bash it on a rock yep so fair yeah yeah faramir yeah. is like ew gross i'm gonna kill it and frodo's like please <laughs> don't do that i need him yeah. and so he's forced to reveal like he's helping us navigate you know try to get into mordor yeah. we have to get into mordor and destroy the ring yeah and so faramir takes that knowledge and is like, no, you know what? I'm going to do a Boromir and try to get this <laughs> ring back to Gondor. But I think that's very much because like, oh, Boromir was sent to do it. If I do it, daddy will daddy love will me. Like me. And this is something that like another, cla- like in the theatrical of just being like, the reason I didn't remember him is because it felt so shoehorned into me of like, here's a character kind of. in the final act coming yeah. in and 
you don't know anything about him. Yeah. Uh, you get little hints, but in the extended, we get all these flashbacks, and we get to learn that Faramir is this very sad boy whose father has said to his face, like, I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I prefer your brother over you, and yeah. not just that, but I actively dislike you. And you have to, like, prove it to me that I should that I should even keep you around. Like, Yeah, it's it, not even, like, are you worthy of loving? It's like, do, should I send you away forever like, or no? <laughs> he takes care of the Osgiliath outpost town, and yeah. it has this feeling of, like, I don't want you in my city. Go over here. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, yeah, this is... If I hold the siege, daddy will love me. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot more fleshed out and, like, yeah. as much as Rohan is like, they're kind of fucked, they're very scattered, this, I feel like the extended stuff about Gondor has mm. a much more, like, this city is done. Yeah, like, and it's the like... The way it is right now, they are they are gone. Give whereas it a week. Rohan is, like, set up to fail by the enemy. This is just yeah. men have destroyed themselves. Exactly. Yeah. It's poisoned from the inside. Like, they, yeah. they are going down. Yeah, so we're, uh, we get treated to the fight in Osgiliath as it's happening. Faramir is trying to get mm. Sam and Frodo to Gondor. And uh, Sam has some words for Faramir about how <laughs> Boromir went uh, a little cuckoo. Yes, this and, is the uh, first we're hearing of, like, Faramir really loves Boromir. He's a good brother. Yeah, I actually really like their relationship because it, yeah. it could be so sour, but they clearly, like, Boromir is clearly trying to... <laughs> He has been trying to get his father to lighten the hell up. Yes, yeah. it's very like, yeah, they, they've they bonded over how shitty their father is to both of them in yeah. different ways. If you have a toxic parent, this is exactly what happens. Yeah. Is like, yeah, there's going to be some tension, some friction, but like... You both hate that he's around. Yeah, yeah. Like even in the flashback, we bore the way that it would normally be set up would be like, ah, oh, the golden boy loves his father. Totally. It's more like the father's coming. Boromir's like, this is gonna oh, suck. God damn Just it! Yeah, be cool, brother. Yeah, <laughs> he loves his bro so much. He does. It's really sweet. Yeah. I really like that. Um, but in the chaos of this little fight. Uh, Sam and Frodo have a talk, or Sam gives everybody a talking to about, like, there's good things and we gotta fight for them. Yeah. It was a very sweet moment. And based on this, Faramir's like, you know what, I am going to, like, effectively give up my life and let these guys go. Yeah, that is such a leap of faith, too, because yeah. it's, like, powerful weapon, like, you don't even know if you're gonna make it out of this city, this siege, without it. Yeah. And he's like, no, that doesn't feel right. Even though Boromir wanted it, I don't want it. And he really, like, breaks from that. Yeah, for a character that, like, their identity is clearly caught up in, I need to be like Boromir, the decision to actively be unlike him is such a huge... Yeah. I really liked it this time. Really yeah. caught me oh, good. It's, I know that um, we might talk about it by Return of the King, but yeah. the extended edition isn't just we put the deleted scenes back in it's yeah. actually cut differently and edited in different music and it feels mm-hmm. like watching a different movie and one that is 12 hours long instead yeah. of three separate movies yeah <laughs> yeah and this this is such a perfect like a decision point yeah. and this person has the moral fiber to make the right decision even yeah. if it harms them personally which i love i love this for being the like Though, when we get to the end, and spoiler, they, they it turns out okay, kind of. Uh, <laughs> more or less. More or less. Uh, like, that. what gets them there isn't just, to me, the theatrical cut is Sam is the reason they get there. Sure, This yeah. is now becoming the decisions of good people along the way. Adding up. Totally. But I'm, I'm spoiling the end of the whole discussion time. <laughs> I think you're right, though. And yeah. it's Faramir is an important entry. Very important, Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, so they make their way out via the sewers, um, and Gross. we get a cute little golem, uh, 
saying out loud that he's going to betray them by leading the group of the three of them to her. And her is very, like, said with an italicized. Yeah, <laughs> or you can tell there's a capital H. We could yes. let her do it. Yeah. And then we get a pan to <laughs> Mordor and how fucked up it is and uh, credits roll. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> Turned out sort of okay for yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, the thing that I really got this time more than any other time watching it, and I haven't watched these a ton, mm. but is that Fellowship does really feel like an analog would be Cold War-y. Like, nobody's at mm. war yet. Sure. Other than uh, Gondor's having, like, little skirmishes yeah. but it is a like nobody wants to admit they're going to be going to full-scale war right and the first half of this movie is that and the back half of this movie is oh now we're at war yes yeah. now we have to face this new situation yeah, yeah. which is yeah. a very cool metamorphosis to me i love this so much as a turning point like, I, I mm. totally understand that, you know, it would be a really hard movie to write, especially if you're coming from a place of this wasn't going to be a movie, this wasn't yeah. going to be the story, and it's, you know. Like, I feel like it would be easier to take the book and then cut it down to a movie rather than what they would have had to do, which is take our notes on what the movie would have been and expand it back out. Yeah, yeah. take the, like, Fellowship and half of Two Towers, mm. cut out the Two Towers part, and link it up to the back half of Two Towers that was gonna be with Return of the King. Yeah. Nightmare. But I really like, especially the extended edition, much love yep. to extended edition, but it feels so much more like everything's scattered, like you said, right? So many, like, broken up little mm. pieces of groups and, like, yeah, these are both humans, but one city won't come to the, the aid of the other city. And, like, even within the city, parts of your army are <laughs> scattered because you're having little infights and yeah. whatever. And, like you said, no one wants to admit what they're doing. And so they're they're inefficient. They're using their resources poorly. They're not willing to admit and, like, yeah. admit that they either need or want to give help to other people. And it's all very classic human emotion stuff that's totally. getting in the way. Which feels, Lots of pride. Yeah, and it could feel very half-assed to implement yeah. that from a character perspective. But it feels like Bernard Hill, absolutely. He's so fucking so good. So good in this. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah, and he's, like, he... Once he accepts humility and, mm. you know, and you can see him really, like, taken by the, the elves, like, yeah. like charmed by that. And, like, holy cow, like, they came, they had, he's never met any of those yeah. people. It's because of Aragorn and because Aragorn thinks he's worthy of leading these people. The elves think he's worthy, too. And it's just yeah. such a, like, get in your groove back. <laughs> and Bernard Hill does such a great at his lowest point type role yeah. that it's it he has nowhere to go but up you know it's just so satisfying to watch but it it really feels like the turning point of okay we've admitted what's happening now we have a way forward yeah we had a win and we saw what it took to get that win mm -hmm. here's what we got to do going forward and like what yeah one of those major things was cooperation yes yeah. <laughs> sticking your neck out even though technically like you could ignore it yeah. maybe for now <laughs> yeah so i think it's time for our injury and destruction roundup <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time too. I'm so excited because this one seems like it would have harmed a lot of people. Yes, and I kind of mentioned this last episode, but we 
we like we're doing these in order of when they came out, obviously. But they were shot concurrently, and a lot oh, right. of the Rohan stuff was shot first. Oh yes, you because said. it's just Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli just running riding around. across open plains. Uh, yeah, like, sure, like, fuck it, we'll shoot that. Yeah, it's it's easy. We've just got like a couple people in their stunt doubles. And you don't have to airlift go. anyone anywhere. Okay. It's it's fine. Yeah. You, you hope. <laughs> not out or not not in. You don't have to. Yeah. So the big one is the infamous Vigo breaks his foot on camera. The scene. toe fact. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he kicks a helmet and screams in frustration. It's because he broke two toes. Yeah. Um, but then he falls to his knees, which just feels like it would exacerbate a broken foot. It does, but I think you're getting the weight off of it immediately. Oh, sure, <laughs> it's sure. It's probably part of it. <laughs> so the fun part of this is this was shot before they did all the running around. Oh, God So damn he's, it. like, running on a broken toe the whole time. <laughs> sucks so he bad. He did not want this role to go under. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of the stuff in Fellowship, he's got a broken toe. Oh. He's shooting on. I mentioned last time the Swordmaster on set was like, he's the greatest I've ever trained. Yeah. He did it with a broken toe. That's pretty nuts. He did it bro- with a broken toe and a chipped tooth because at Helm's Deep, a uh, sword hit him in the face. Oh. And he chipped a tooth. Owie. <laughs> so he, they'd like obviously call a cut and Vigo's like, no, just glue it back in. Let's keep going. And Jackson was like, no, Are I'm taking you, you to a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Young man. I would feel so bad shutting down. I don't know how many, how much of the population was extras versus mm. like generated. Oh my God. But I would feel so, so fucking bad making everybody like, okay, cut, <laughs> go it was home a lot. for the day. They had like, I don't know the exact number, but they did have thousands of people to do it. It's not all CG stuff. Nice. Yeah. So uh, we also had in all the Rohan stuff, Orlando Bloom got thrown by his horse. Oh. And he cracked three ribs when Ghibli's stunt double, Brett Beatty, landed on him. Oops. That's a lot of armor to land (laughs) on one man. Oh, jeez. Meanwhile, Brett Beatty, uh, that's the stunt double for Gimli for all three movies. Right. He dislocated his knee when it came into contact with Orlando Bloom's ribs. Oh, for the... (laughs) (laughs) The ribs fight back. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But yeah, there's a lot of armor in there. Yeah, there's just a lot of, like, hard surfaces, pointy things, horses. Just, God help you, you know? (laughs) I couldn't find out when this happened exactly. I assumed it's during Helm's Deep Time, but Brett Beatty had, like, he's a classic stunt guy. He's just like, I don't know, I hit my face a bunch and, like, fell down. (laughs) I don't care. But the one memory, other memory he has uh, was swinging his axe. He doesn't know where he cut himself, but just, like on, like, the cheek or something. Uh-huh. But he's wearing a mask to, like, have the beard right, and everything yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't know... He didn't really notice it, but it was just a flesh wound on his face, which those are gushers. Yeah. And he said that he was feeling this weird pressure behind his mask, and oh, he couldn't figure oh, out what it was. Oh, was it full of blood? Yeah, and it, like, burst Disgusting. at one point, And, like, people shrieked, <laughs> just being like, Ah, Brett Beatty's face exploded. <laughs> he's a fountain! <laughs> yeah, I would shriek. Oh, my God. Just and he was walking around like, what are you all screaming about? <laughs> What's going on? Sounds like a good prank, but yeah. he actually had no idea. <laughs> oh. Uh, and more stuff at Helm's Deep. Renard Hill cut his ear real bad mm-hmm. <laughs> with just like an overhand slice. Oops. Getting to set, Christopher Lee broke his hand by getting it caught in a car door. Oh, okay. Well, that barely counts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. And so I know the thing that I know about the fellowship, the wizard fight scene that's yeah. going on, he, his hand is broken during that. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
which That's sucks. the one thing that I, it does actually, obviously there's, you know, probably stunt doubles involved, but I always think like, ah, they're smacking their hands and stuff around Two old men just yeah, it going just at each like other. Owie. It yeah. just looks painful and tender. <sighs> Poor guy. Yeah. And just miscellaneous Helm's Deep stuff. There were like loads of injuries that like, it's just stunt guys being macho. <laughs> Nobody's really reporting a ton of stuff. Oh God. Um, Cause they, cause they want, like, I, I know this from a lot of Hong Kong stunt research I've done in the past sure. that like, to admit that you're out and you can't do it is like saying I can't do my job. So right. they don't want to talk about it is my understanding a lot of the time. It's but so bad. the end result is that the way that they would show that like, yeah, I'm good to go is they just headbutt each other all the time. <laughs> and So cause further injury. Exactly. And it became, people were like impressed or Vigo wanted to like get in on it or something, oh, honey, but they no. were all headbutting each other all the time. And Vigo's like, yeah, this is cool. Headbutting all the time. So I assume there's just extra concussions everywhere yeah. that are reported. <laughs> if you want to get on board with stunt guys, like, yeah, I guess you got to headbutt something, but you are not going to come out of it in one piece. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah, so that's our injury roundup for this time. Most of them incurred at Helm's Deep. But, uh, yeah, so my understanding is all the Rohan stuff got shot before Fellowship. Helm's Deep was mostly afterward, I think. Oh, okay. That's kind of how it landed up, so... Yeah. That feels right. Yeah, you gotta you you assemble a set piece like Helm's Deep. You don't yeah. just you work up to it. You don't yes. like that's not day one or anything. <laughs> you stare into the mirror every day and like you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And it was a lot of of um, miniature work too, right? Yeah. Like the insanely detailed and gorgeous miniatures. Yeah, miniature, and... real life, and CG all combined to make Helm's Deep, and we're all the better for it. <laughs> Ta-da! Thank you, Weta. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, so that's our injury stuff, but I wanted to take this episode to talk about the wonderful scoring of Lord of the Rings. Yay! With our boy, Howard Shore. He's ours, we're claiming him. Yep, he was born in Toronto, which is where this podcast is coming to you from. What, what? Woo! Local boy! Take our wins where we can get them. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So just a couple cute facts about Howard Shore, if you're not aware, he worked, he's like good buddies with Lorne Michaels of SNL fame, so he was the band leader of SNL for really? the first while. He named the Blues Brothers because he thought it was the dumbest name you could give uh, a blues group. Um, Joke's on you, that shit's famous now. <laughs> but he got his like movie scoring break coming back here and uh, scoring Cronenberg movies. Oh, um, sure, sure, sure. Which, Toronto Boys. Yeah, everyone was confused when Howard Shore got picked up for this. <laughs> Because yeah. he had only done like horror movies yeah, and no. disgusting erotic fucking thrillers. Break. Yeah. yeah, but so does Peter Jackson, and that's exactly how they like knew they each met? other. They met. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's so cool. So they knew how to work with each other very well, which I think is awesome. I love that. Yeah. Thank um, you, horror. And it's funny that we're using this movie to talk about uh, his score because it's the only one he didn't win an Oscar for. Oh, for the <laughs> He well, won fine. for, yeah, Fellowship. The other two speak for themselves, let's mm, say. Sure. They don't need us to yeah. do it for them. <laughs> right? Is that? Uh, and um, this, to the music buffs out there, this should come at no su- as no surprise, but he based all of his music on odious human but wonderful composer Richard Wagner's Der Ring <laughs> des Nibelung. Oh, yes. Uh, which is... The Lord of the Rings plot, essentially, more or less. Nibelungen. Nibelungen. My bad. My German's not so good. God damn it. (laughs) But uh, that's commonly referred to as the Ring Cycle, which is... About a ring. About a ring. About a Lord of the Rings, if you want to put it that way. (laughs) I do want to. Uh, But it's all Norse mythology stuff. Yeah. So it's about Odin and Thor's hanging out and 
all that shit. Valkyries. And Valkyries. Yeah. yeah, the everyone would know the Ride of the Valkyries. That's what this is from. Yes. Um, so that's what uh, Howard Shore is purposefully aping. Alluding to. Yeah. Okay. To the point of there's a bunch of like Easter egg little bits that he includes in the scoring right. uh, to be like, hey, everyone who knows music, hey, did you notice this that? This is Valkyrie. <laughs> um, yeah, so the main thing he he based all of this on is leitmotifs crash course on what a leitmotif is a lot of the time this people will say john williams uses leitmotifs yes and no sure uh, if you want to get really semantical about it he doesn't he uses themes uh leitmotifs are chunks of themes so if like take the imperial march that's darth vader's theme but then if you take just the like bum 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 that's a motive. That's yes, the especially if it's used in a certain way, like yes. when a character appears on screen, or when you're trying to for like foreshadow that a character is going yeah. to appear or has their hand in a certain event or whatever. Yeah, and they're used less for uh, specifically conjuring this person's on screen now, and more to be here's the dramatic underplay of what's happening. Yes, it's yeah. like the script is happening in the score, yeah. where you're like this person is involved. So what winds up happening is he, uh, and this is how Howard Shore went about this, is he was like, okay, I'm gonna write all the motives first. So he gets all the like short little little snippets of themes, and then oh, okay, at this point it's sad, so it'll be the light motif, but in a minor key sure. or. Whatever, and I'm not going to get too, too, too in depth, but because yeah. that's not fun for anybody. Um, <laughs> only for me. <laughs> only for, yeah, specifically me. <laughs> two people on the planet. So all the leitmotif stuff is interesting because it helps to contextualize stuff as it's happening. And yeah. fellowship is a lot of like, I'm just going to play the theme for you. Yeah. Introducing Done. this character yeah. so that you know when it comes back later who they're referring to. Yeah. And Two Towers is you're introducing more themes because you've got like Rohan has its own theme, which yeah, is pretty which obvious I love. Which, as it's coming up. Um, but you have the development of the existing themes going on too. Uh, yeah. So the the big example I always think of is the, the Urukai is like hunting music, which is that mm. big, it's in uh, five, four, which is a awkward kind of time, time signature. signature a lot of the time but it's that big brassy like hunting and music you've just got people banging on pots and pans basically like yeah. huge percussion driven and because it's so they're so small like it's percussion and it's bloody brass yeah. low brass those are the two parts of it so it that leitmotif shows up at a ton in Helm's Deep yes. underneath the actual thematic material. You can combine it really easily yeah. with other stuff to so indicate like, that the Urukai are involved. Yeah, and it's a lot of the time when the Urukai are getting the upper hand of the battle that starts coming forward you in the You go to that, like, whatever. There's someone on an anvil, I think, yeah. in the back just having a fucking time. And then when there's, like, little... When, when the tide changes a little bit, like, the example I think of is Legolas riding his shield down the stairs. Being you, a cool dude. Yeah, you get, like, you get the fellowship theme come yeah, through right. really loud at that point because it's like, oh, we got, like, a foot in the door kind of thing. <laughs> just... It's not one of those things that it's not subtle, but it is subtle sometimes. It's <laughs> it's so obvious that you don't need to think about it that yeah. hard. It's not. It's just like, yeah, here's what's happening. Yeah. You're watching this movie. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of movie scoring is based on light motifs, but Howard Shore is purposefully trying to do it the same way that Wagner did. The Wagnerian operatic way. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's totally, yeah, that's definitely Lord of the... You have to, right? Everything yeah. has to be cohesive or there's just too much stuff too going much, on. Too much, yeah. yeah. And it, it helps us, like, we... Everybody has, like, 
something in the back of their mind that's like, oh, a nice brassy fanfare, that means heroic, therefore Howard yeah. Shore assigns that thematic material to, like, Aragorn, so you're, you know that. Sure. So these, lots of the little shortcuts. But there's cool things that start to happen in Two Towers based on Fellowship setup mm. that I love, like uh, the Fellowship of the Ring theme, which is that big, everybody knows it, it's, most people just call it, like, the Lord of the Rings theme. Yeah, yeah. Um, through Fellowship, it develops the whole time, where, like, the first couple times you hear it, it's, like, uh, only, like, strings when it's the Hobbits, I think, and, and Woodwinds, and then when everybody gets together, you get the big, brassy fanfare. But you only get the res- resolution of it in Fellowship of the Ring, because they're all together. As soon as they start fragmenting, the Fellowship of the Ring theme it never resolves the same way it's again. It's never complete. Yeah. It's never presented in one piece again. It sometimes gets close, but instead of, like, the big ending chord that it ends on, yeah. I always think of, like, the council time in Fellowship when they're all meeting yeah. up. Uh, it either goes to, like, a deceptive cadence, if you're musically inclined, you'll know where I'm at with that, but it's basically there to trick you into thinking it's going to resolve properly, and then it doesn't, or it segues into a different theme, Yeah. and it it's purposefully there to remind you, like, oh, there was this group, and it's not the same now. Right, like, so there's more going on, or it's, it's no longer complete, it can yeah. never be complete again, yeah. yeah. And one of the more subtle ones that I like, and I'm going to specifically play some examples Ooh. for us here that Aaron will like uh, uh, edit it in real nice. So it <laughs> we will good. see. Yeah, we will see. <laughs> this is a new thing for us. Uh, so one of the big ideas of the trilogy at large and Tolkien's bullshit that he's on and Jackson as well <laughs> is this idea of the war kind of can come down to the natural world versus in industry. Right. And Very token-y. Yeah. yeah. So in the Fellowship of the Ring, there's a theme that appears once for just the briefest of moments. Okay. And it's just when Gandalf is on the roof of Isengard. Oh. And he talks to his little moth friend to have the eagles come. And it's the only time it appears in Fellowship. Okay. And I'm going to play a little bit of it for us here. This happens, yeah, he's on the roof. We have a big sweeping shot of Isengard. Uh, you get that orc theme happening. Yeah, you can see them ripping up trees. Fires are being lit. Yeah, and it segues into this theme and then segues out again. So okay. let's have a little listen. So that is, he's talking to his little moth friend, and it's this single voice. There's not really an indication of time signature underneath of it. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of lost in this, like, this nice tune. It's just a floaty kind of thing. Yeah. And it's a fragment of what comes in 
uh, back in Two Towers. I was going to say, this is very, like, this. I remember this very well, yeah. but I'm realizing now it's from, like, when shit's going down in Two Towers. Yes. So this is the only time this appears in here, and it's what, um, there's a really cool music scholar named Douglas Adams, not related to the Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> what? Uh, that calls this the nature theme. Okay. Uh, and this is meant to evoke, like, these are the forces of the natural world okay. coming to, to help us. Yeah. Uh, and so what winds up happening is that that's just a fragment of the theme. Um, in Two Towers, we have a new character we meet, and his name is Treebeard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we have literally the encompassing of the natural world talking to the camera. Walking basically. nature. Uh, and so I'm going to play a little bit of his theme to give you an idea of what he sounds like. And it's all these low woody instruments and low mm-hmm. woody percussion. Very the exact opposite of what we just heard. Low, 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 low. No metal, no floaty stuff. And barely even a melody. It's just Mm. underpinning of, yeah, some some instrumentation more to indicate this is from the natural world. So here we go. So you can hear in there, if you're musically inclined, you might notice that it's the same voice leading as we just heard in the other one. Yeah. The theme goes on to it's just kind of static. It's just playing around in harmonies. This is as they're walking through the forest. So yeah. it's underpinning a lot of the stuff. It's the same shape of the... Yeah. But there's no melody involved in it. Yeah. And the only time we... What ends up happening is that these two combine for one moment in this movie... And it's when the Ents march on Isengard. Ah, dope. And it's the, if you own the soundtrack, it's the last march of the Ents is the combination of these two materials. So I will play that one for us now. So you've got in there, you've got the the percussion and the low instrumentation of Treebeard stuff. You've got the the melody from Fellowship that is now quickened, is now given rhythm that it didn't have before. Yes, so it this has is, a structure, it has a drive. Yeah, this is basically meant to... I love leitmotif stuff when it's done well, because <laughs> this isn't coming out and telling you anything, but it's our human pattern brains are hearing this yeah. and going, oh, I know that this is 
nature coming to help, and now there's war drums underneath, and there's all this. So this is literally the forces of nature coming to to fuck you up. To fuck you up, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nature mad. Yeah, and that's so cool. Yeah, there's one other time that this winds up getting used in the movie. This is the music that happens when Gandalf appears the morning yes, of Helm's right. Deep, which. I got confused when I was researching this. It's like, okay, so is it nature? Isn't it nature? No, Howard Shore didn't want that cue used there. He oh. wrote something else to go there that is unrelated <laughs> entirely. Okay. And has more in common with the music that's happening when Gandalf is writing shadow effects around and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and this was just too good of music to pass up, is basically what they went up there. I can see justifying that as... You're making friends. You have allies. They're yeah. coming to help. Yeah, and sure. I said I had a theory on Gandalf's resurrection here. Oh, yeah. This, to me, is, okay, if this music's going to Gandalf and his, like, summoning of forces, then I'm just deciding that Middle-Earth nature itself is what resurrected Gandalf, and he is here <laughs> as an avatar of it. Dope. Yeah, that's... no, I, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think now, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, he appears in the forest out of, no, you know, that's yeah. the first time we really see him. Yeah, so that's... I just wanted to talk about, just to give, there are so, so, so many examples of this happening through this, through the next movie. Uh, So thank you for indulging me in in, uh, talking about the soundtrack. Always, always. Um, I really, I will talk about it, I'm sure, a little more next episode too, but mm. I do really like the Rohan theme in this one. Very gorgeous, like Mm. kind of solo violin, just a very like folksy, you know, Norse type of... of tune and also instrument to play it on feels mm-hmm. very earthy they have their <laughs> hay bales <laughs> town but it it's a little bit like the gondor theme they're both themes mm. of men but the gondor theme has more brass and more like you know stately stuff in it mm-hmm. and i i like that you know they're contrasted obviously as cities and as mm-hmm tribes basically and they don't really get along but they have a lot in common and i like the contrast of the themes too like they're arranged differently they're played with different instruments different tools at hand and they they speak to and about each other a lot very well i think that that always really strikes me about the music in this because there is so much new music coming into this and if you've ever sat and listened to it and be like oh it all sounds similar but not the same why is that it's because a lot of the light motifs that shore uses they have similar if not the exact same harmonic progressions sure so that they can be layered well yes which is the reason that light motifs work as opposed to like big themes like the imperial march Mm -hmm. is that they're as opposed to coming up with a theme first and then that's the theme and we go with the theme for everything and then we try and use it out of context in mm-hmm. different context, contexts later this is written to be as flexible as possible so yes. that we can mess around with it yeah uh, just... it's very fucking hard to do yeah. and it's so satisfying when it works and if you've been listening along and you're like what the fuck are they on about and none of this is is uh sounding like any coherent thoughts don't feel upset about that this is literally like the Douglas Adams guy did a dissertation on this this can go into like postgraduate degree sense yeah. work now. Yeah. we so. are not smart enough to unpack all of this <laughs> yeah. so I just wanted to give uh, everyone a little overview of that and uh, since Shout this isn't out. something we do too often listeners let us know if this is something you'd like to hear more often talking about soundtracks or less but say it <laughs> nicely keep it please keep to yourself if you <laughs> Just turn off the episode. Uh, no. Yeah. We would love to. We are we are music people. So. Yeah. Got to put that degree to use somewhere. <laughs> Degrees. <laughs> Don't remind me. Uh. <laughs> you just talked about it. It's fine. It was all worth it. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, that's all I had to talk about 
about two towers. Nice. Yeah. I feel like I, I got all my... I, I love this one. I think it's my favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a... Every scene in it is like if it had gone poorly or been removed or gone on too long even, mm-hmm. it, it just... It would not feel good or legit moving into Return of the King. And yeah. it, it does so much stuff from Fellowship, you know, honors the stuff from Fellowship yeah. in, a, in a way that makes sense while moving it into this larger world, which is just, God, so hard to do. Yeah, uh, there's a scene in this that Faramir is showing people where things are on a map and, like, doing battle plans. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciated that map scene because it's just <laughs> as everything, I'm just like, okay, I know who we're talking where about. Are where we? is anybody in relation to anybody? And yeah. there's literally a map of, like, we're here, they're there. Like, yeah. oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> and you know what's so funny, too, is the geography, like, introducing all these new people and new city-states and, <laughs> and their various crises <laughs> is so hard to do. But there's something about the geography that makes it immediate and mm. logical mm. as to why certain people are very emotionally involved and other people are like, not my problem. <laughs> because it is literally like Gondor has a lot of resentment and it sh- yeah. things are going to shit because they've had the worst possible time. They are crammed up against the mortar, mortar border. <laughs> I can't, I actually couldn't physically murder, do that. Murder. The border of murder. <laughs> and like, yeah, of course they're spiteful and annoyed at everybody else because no one's doing shit about it. Yeah, I'd be so pissy all the time. Yeah. God. Rohan is farther. They're like next in line if if Gondor goes down. Mm-hmm. But they're like, well, it's I can't see the problems, so yeah. I won't do anything about the problems. So, you know, that's the logical place for Saruman to weaken. He doesn't have to go after Gondor. They're already falling yeah, they're apart. Dead. Yeah. And so it but then you get this Rohan thing of like, well, like we have our own problems. You Is guys, it really important? Yeah. yeah. And then the farther away yeah, you, you get, get the Shire who's like, like, what's a war? <laughs> Have you heard of these horses? <laughs> what is horses? Just, yeah, there's, you can clearly see everybody else's motivations make so much sense yeah. seeing that map. And the the general washing out of color as you go through the, the series, mm. we're like, you're so green and lush. And I know this is obviously on purpose, but like going from the Duh. Shire memories of so green and lush yeah. to like this, it isn't bad. You've got like fields and scrub grasses and hey, stuff. Hey, maybe yeah. grass that it's, it's dead, but it's still there. Yeah. So like Shire is green or uh, Fellowship is green. Yeah. Two Towers is yellow. Mordor is dead. Black and yeah. <laughs> the color of dead. Cajun style. <laughs> oh, there's a swamp in this one. I like it. <laughs> it's good. I have questions for you. Yes, give me the whole questions. Let's see how we've how we've grown as people or not in between (laughs) these two episodes. All right, so my questions are just you know just see how it strikes you. What stuck out from the movie? Yeah. Um, Character wise, MVP for you. Who is this? Is going to be I think a contentious pick. Ooh. Because in part because I think in the theatrical cut. It doesn't work, and in this, it works great. That's fair. Um, this is the version we watched, so be true. true to the extended editions. I am going to call MVP as Faramir. Oh, oh, no, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, because, that makes sense. like, not to discount anybody else's work, they're all doing great work. We're, I'm very <laughs> proud of all of you. Um, second would have been Bernard Hill, because he has a great <laughs> internal time going on. Yes, um, true. He goes through the most, like, turmoil. Yeah, but Faramir is the person, to me, who has the most individual and societal stakes. 
Sure. Who yeah. is the fact that he can they they can get through to him for him to see reason and to see the picture bigger than himself. Yeah. One of the very few characters to do this mm-hmm. in the entire thing. Very few men. Yeah. And like you could say this about any of the decisions because this is how the plot of a story kind of works. But uh, we get to the end of this journey because of all the clutch decisions that are being made. But this is one of those that, like, he so easily could have uh, run away, stuck to his guns, done what was asked of him by anybody else. But, like, yeah. he gets such a, like... Uh, and and uh, uh, Mr. Wenham does a great job of acting it, too. Just Yes, bringing you along on that yeah. very troubling journey. It's great. I really, really loved... Faramir's time here to the point of like he might have been who I cared about the most in the next movie in, in terms of like oh, an yeah. individual personality oh it character. pays off so yeah. well yeah because you're like oh here's here's why this sucked to make this decision yeah. you're gonna pay you for actually that have to live on. with the follow-through of yes. of being told this will count as treason and you're giving up your life and yeah. he's like yeah I'm making that decision it would have been so easy to be yeah. like yay he made the right decision so he's probably fine and no it sucked ass to do the right decision like it's <laughs> it did not benefit him at all <laughs> yeah so that's my yeah. MVP I feel like and if he goes any other way with it the movie doesn't they don't destroy the ring that's no. it yeah the the journey's over like yeah there's so many other decisions that like oh there could have been a another someone might something have down the line in. or yeah the, this really because you see the effect that denethor and minas Tirith has on people in the next movie yeah and if the ring makes it there my you are fucked. stars no that's true <laughs> yeah he's really like last line of defense yeah. when he comes through yeah. Nice. Aw, respect on Faramir's name. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, I agree with you very much, but I'm going to go a different way. Also potentially contentious, but mm. I'm going to say it anyway. Pippin, coming through. Aww. I feel like, here are my reasons, because it's cute. Yes, the noise <laughs> you just made. And because, again, a very underplayed, maybe part of the, the theatrical edition, yeah. but the extended edition, you can see this, just like how hard it would be to kind of roust the the Ents and the forest and mm-hmm. to take care of that. Like the problem in Fellowship is that now Ceremony's evil. Yeah. That's that's the tipping point of like, oh shit, we actually have to do something about this. Yeah. Saruman's just evil. Everyone knows that. <laughs> They've all... just got an evil neighbor that no one thinks about. <laughs> It's like Kramer, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but if barging in, <laughs> but if Jerry turned out to be like also Kramer, you'd be like, I can't. This is not sustainable. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's Saruman is the problem, and so Pippin is really the one who takes care of Saruman. He's not a problem in Return True. of the King, and honestly, without that march of the forest yeah the urukai are just now wandering loose on the plains <laughs> and causing trouble still but Pippin- and that that map scene shows you too like yes. everybody is literally trapped between those two towers there's a reason the movie's named this people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guys turns out this was good screenwriting um yeah so it's it's really clutch that that army get taken care of and it's just so underappreciated to me but it's he solved the problem that yeah. everyone was was upset about in fellowship <laughs> and he did it with like heart and with understanding and like not mary's very loud and yelly about it like what's Mm. wrong with you people you don't understand why are you so stupid and pippin is like no they actually i understand what they need is to see what effect it's going to have on them yeah instead of telling he's showing versus telling yeah yeah pippin great screenwriter (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i'm going i'm going with pippin for this one nice i I like that faramir is the yeah i respect your choice as well thank you so much the very respectful podcast (laughs)
All right, flip side of the coin, least valuable. Least VP. Slash most most annoying or like least helpful you can do. Yeah, I I thought long and hard about this. And I had a hard time coming to a conclusion. Did you or are you being sarcastic? No, I like <laughs> okay. oh, because okay. it right, feels right. like there's a lot of fighting to be on this rung. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... <laughs> A lot of least valuable yeah. going around. And I mean, I know he comes through in the end, but I'm going Elrond. Ooh, burn! No, that's fair. All he does it. is talk shit and do nothing about it. <laughs> and he doesn't have the, he the decency to get hit. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, he, he's in his safe little home telling his daughter she's gonna have, she's fucking up her whole life. <laughs> uh, he is literally asked to do something about it. He's, nah. I shan't, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got personal stakes on the line, which yeah. is, and he still won't do it. He won't do it. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's Damn, secretly dude. hoping Aragorn gets killed, and then he can just be like, hey, see, daughter, I told you that. Let's get out of here. Yeah. It kind of, ha- I think he even might say it out loud. Is like, he's right. not coming back. Either way, he's not coming back. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he does right? say that. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's my pick, because... And I mean, Hugo Weaving is an evil face on screen to begin with, so it doesn't... Amazing actor. Not helping him. Very scary face face. to look at in this movie, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, okay. What's your least VP? Oh, I have a lot of, like, very disrespectful choices. (laughs) That I can I I feel I'm gonna go with Aomer just because oh, yeah, he, okay. he it feels like he could he does eventually get there but like yeah. I don't know he just has such a has such an attitude about it and he like well if you know if my uncle isn't gonna be nice to me then I'm leaving I know he was banished but like yeah. he doesn't even fucking bother he just He's runs around like, like good I want to be banished fine <laughs> banish me go ahead yeah. <laughs> He takes away resources at a critical time. Like he doesn't, he doesn't bother to go back and check up on, or he he doesn't even go anywhere we where he could help. Yeah. Like he doesn't go to Gondor or anything. He's just like mm, fun, and he just wanders the countryside, murdering. He's just he broing out in the country. Yeah. So sorry, Aomer. <laughs> Honestly, he was he was on the short list for me. Yeah. But the only reason I turned it down was like, oh, he did come back and. <laughs> actually do well, something because gandalf made him yeah i don't know but i mean people tried to make elrond just do stuff <laughs> that's true it's just like no i think they should might, i think you're right about this yeah <laughs> no fuck him oh, no okay. shut up i need to go tell my daughter she's making awful decisions <laughs> need to go make my daughter cry <laughs> okay fair all right moving back into top tiers in our heart mm. hottest in this movie carl urban no joking joking <laughs> oh, joking so great if you were like i've totally turned around on it <laughs> <laughs> Joking, not hot. Uh, again, this is a weird pick, but honestly, it's the only thing I can think of. The Urukai with the torch. <laughs> Fantastic screen presence. Uh, oh, he's very, he's very, yeah. Charismatic as Charismatic, hell. Yeah. He, you, you can see that he's got follow through, so you know he's going to provide. <laughs> oh, no. Uh <laughs> But, I, you can't argue with it. Yep. He, I, he captivates on he, screen. He does. He's got, what, three fucking seconds? <laughs> he takes a bunch of arrows. He's like, nah. Yeah. Very strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but two-way tie on this torch uh, orc is great. Right. And I'm also going to go with, uh, I, I feel like this is on purpose, but Liv Tyler is, there's a lot of sure. really like 80s uh, music video <laughs> shooting soft of her face. Soft lighting. Yeah. Soft yeah. focus type. Yeah. Yeah. Which yep. is, it's good. Gorgeous woman. Yep. Yep. <laughs> What do you do if I said tree beard? <laughs> no, that makes sense. I think of it's myself tall. as a bit of a tree beard. <laughs> You're like a tree and you've got a beard? Yeah. Sure. Right. I like nature. I'm very slow. 
<laughs> you refuse to make a decision. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to be obvious and I'm going to go with Aragorn for this one. I yeah. Like he earns it. He shows up after being drowned and is just like, I haven't showered for 80 days and I still look great. It's just like at his peak in this movie, I think. So you, Yeah, you look at him, you're like, you smell really bad, but I like that but you smell really way. bad. Yeah. yeah, but that works for you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's very like, take charge and, and get everybody through. And so he's like hot and he's, res- when we're respectfully, mm. you know. Yeah. We're looking respectfully. <laughs> yep. Nice. That's fair. Yep. Nope. I feel like that's that's the like, that's such an obvious right answer. Answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's correct. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, best or most moving death. Oh. Yes. Torch guy. No. Uh, <laughs> Torch guy every single time. <laughs> it, it, you know who? It's smug elf to me. Like I oh, really do feel dear. that when yeah, he goes totally. down. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because he like he did everything right. He did. He fucking showed up. He doesn't like these people that much. He likes Aragorn. But he gets over it though, and he like totally, he shows he growth. Steps up. Yeah. yeah. Ah, and he's like excited to be there. Yeah. That's what sucks. Yeah. And he doesn't see it coming. No. Nope. It's too bad. That is most moving for sure. Yeah. I would. Oh, now I feel like an asshole for my choice. Mine. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Mine was gonna be the orc that <laughs> Gimli hits in the nuts with his axe. <laughs> So, the um, grievous dick wound yeah, orc. Exactly. He probably died of it. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. There's some blood poisoning going around. I think he hits two in the nuts. Doesn't he? <laughs> there's one that's on a ladder, and there's one yeah, that he I'm goes between of, his legs. Oh right, yeah. right, right. I'm thinking of ladder guy because it's just yeah. a very like, like <laughs> reaction shot. I think you're confusing moving with humiliating. I said best. Oh oh sure okay yeah. Best death that most moving helder yes yeah, one, okay yeah. It's important to have that, (laughs) draw that line in the sand. And you may have covered this already, but my final question for this movie, favorite Mm. tune? Favorite tune? Slash use of soundtrack. Yeah, that March of the Ents gets me really Mm. good. And and it's when the Ents are coming out, because one of the things that I love, you might have picked up on this, dear listener, I like doing research on things. Um, (laughs) I like books. And all the leitmotif stuff really rewards that to Mm, me. No doubt, no doubt. Sure, you can subconsciously pick up on what the leitmotifs are doing for you, some of them conscious because they're very obvious but stuff like this where it's like it's not the most obvious thing and when you figure out the intent behind it and the use of it how it's done why it's done the intention it really like it gets me really good it's very rewarding yeah Yeah. it's like if an entire movie was just easter eggs or like an entire part of the production was just easter eggs yeah yeah nice uh i'm gonna go with the Battle Lorien theme. Yeah, the you love that one. I fucking love that shit. They're marching up to Helm's Deep, and it's the just very meandery, floaty, again, just human voices in a mid range yeah. um, that we heard in Lothlorien when they're traveling through, and it's all very like, ah, fireflies and like palm <laughs> trees, and it's at night or like, you know, dusk. But yeah. now it's got snare drum, and it's much more rhythmic. And there's more voices in it, too, I think. Yes, right? yeah. louder. More straightforward. Again, just more drive. There's yeah. lots more purpose in it. And it's mm-hmm. just such a... It comes at such an emotionally satisfying moment, too, that it just hits so hard. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Howard Shore, big ups. <laughs> we love our local boy. <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> Howard Shore, confirmed listener. <laughs> yeah. So those are my thoughts on Two Towers. And I'm interested to see your answers for <laughs> return of the yeah game. that's see how we close this puppy <laughs> uh yeah do you have any more final thoughts on this here movie or i do oh, not great i love it yeah so let's uh do what we're here for what we all came out for 
We're here to uh, either double bill this or just recommend a movie you might like if you liked Two Towers. Yes. Um, And as we usually do, will you please take us away? I will take us away. This one is, I guess you could say trashier in the sense that it's just... Your recommendation is, or your, yes, yeah. my my recommendation. Yeah. So if you if you like Two Towers, if you like the, it's not a heist, <laughs> but it feels almost like a heist where you know what the plan is and then you have to see them adapt mm. in real time. Yes. You know what? Like that's that's what's satisfying about heist movies to me. This okay. isn't a heist movie. I don't know why I'm saying this. No, but the um, heist and siege have that in common. I think. Yes. Where what was the plan? Stuff, yeah. Oh shit! The plan hasn't gone as expected. How do we? like recalculate. Yeah. And you yes. know that it could mean that a character is getting like yes. arrested or die. Yeah, the stakes go up immediately and very yeah. logically and naturally. Um and you yeah, you get you it has that emotional attachment bit of like, oh no, their plan didn't work. I'm I'm disappointed for them or <laughs> or you know what I mean. Yeah. Um so if you like that part of this, I would recommend the taking of Pelham 123. Oh yeah. Yes, the yeah. 1974 um the the original. The OG? Yes. Um, because it's got that, it's, it's about the hijacking of a subway car in Mm -hmm. New York and basically they're taking hostages. They're demanding a certain amount of money, but they're underground and no one can figure out what the fuck their escape plan is because (laughs) they're just sitting in a subway tunnel in a subway car. They know where they're going to come out. They know where they went in. How are they going to get out of it? And seeing That's how the, the core plan, of it, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. How is the, like, how are they wait a minute. How are you going to get out of this? Mm. And seeing how the plan, how they like probe at different weaknesses, and you can see, you get both sides of it. You can see the transit authority and the cops and the mayor yeah. trying to scheme and like figure out what's going on, and you can also see the hijackers adapt to what they're trying to, like what the yeah. the good guys, quote unquote, are trying to do, and and trying to take them down. And you kind of like you weirdly root for a few of the hijackers yeah. you know it's it's just very satisfying to see unfold so if you like that kind of oh how are they gonna do it or like how is the plan gonna unfold i definitely definitely recommend it. it's got a fucking great soundtrack as well so if such you, a great soundtrack <laughs> so blatty and like funky yeah yeah nice yeah that's just like a fun structure to play around in yeah, yeah. totally yeah, you, yeah if you just enjoy a little structure playground and walter <laughs> Matthau, always a treat so if you get past the like God. weird racism and sexism because it was made in 1974 yeah. you know whatever luckily it's mostly at the front and then you get done yeah and then it gets less as you go along. Yeah. that's true yeah so yeah that's my recommendation i Sweet. think you would very much like it if you like two towers as someone who has seen both of those movies Yes. <laughs> Confirmed. How about you? Well, I am decidedly going with a trashier pick. Nice. More of like a pulpy pick. Yeah, I would say. yeah, yeah. I think that's the same with mine too. Yeah, yeah. That's the way we're we're kind of thinking about these, I think. Um for me, I I love a good siege movie and to me that the good part of that is important because there's many bad <laughs> siege movies. Sure. Like I'm thinking of any half assed zombie uh oh, thing yeah. is like at its heart trying to be a good siege movie. Um, True. Yeah, how are they going to get out of it? Yeah, exactly. And this, that snapped my thing into focus, too, because that's exactly the same thing. Where the things that I love about this, just the tropes that you've got in here, uh, in, in Two Towers, you've got the, like, the encroaching horde that you know you can't get past. Like, you just, yes. you do need to find a way to deal with them. There's you no need a smart, not a strong. Yeah, exactly. You've got your slow bleed of resources happening. Mm. Um, as your plans don't work out, yeah, it's shrinking. Like you're saying, you're adjusting on the fly. And the one of my favorite things about it, and it kind of is fellowshipy 
the way I talked about fellowship last week too, is that you've got the the relationships are something that's been thrown together. Like you have relationships sure. and conflict in the situation. I'm thinking of like your boy. This is the part I think where Legolas and Gimli start to become friends. You totally yes. Uh, and you've got Aragorn and Haldir was his name. Haldir. Yeah. Haldir. Uh, so you've got all of these things of like everybody's a little racist. Um, <laughs> everybody, if not racist, very aware of race. Yeah. <laughs> very like well, we haven't had to speak to you people in a thousand years. Yeah. And the the tension slowly turns to joking to get through it really um so i'm gonna pair this with probably my favorite siege movie and this isn't like an unknown movie by any means but i'm talking about assault on precinct 13 by mr john carpenter nice uh, Aw, we have number movies. <laughs> two, one, two, three, and one, three. <laughs> We're playing a numbers game this week. Uh, this is uh, John Carpenter's first big studio movie. Not studio, but like first full movie, really. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's the title is the synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> we've got... <laughs> There's uh, a precinct. It's under assault. Yeah. Done. We've got uh, cops and criminals and administrators all yes. holding up against the siege of gang members and one of the things i like about it a lot uh and this doesn't map to two towers exactly is normally this type of movie would be like cops are good criminals are bad but it opens with evidence that the cops are lying and cops are bad right (laughs) or it and it doesn't even go so far as like all cops are bad it goes uh, like the system is not good yeah and the reason this is happening is the system that got set up yes exactly yeah so this is nice i like these two together because like two towers is you know it's about war coming and all this but it is just about the big big siege big siege fun yep that's Um, what you came to see yep and uh yeah assault on precinct 13 is a real short easy watch um lots of faces you won't recognize so i feel like it's great for just being yeah entertained yeah a lot of for its time, shocking stuff on camera, which is uh, oh, yeah, the true. most spoiler kind of thing I'll say about it. Yes. There's a character right. named Napoleon in it. It's great. <laughs> yep. And he is not a cop somehow. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of like, well, the enemy, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. For now. Yeah. For, yeah. Until we get through this and then don't worry about it. And then question mark. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great one. Lots Definitely. Zippy Paul one-liners B. and stuff like that. <laughs> Dry humor. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. Yes. Yeah. Mine too. I'm tagging on here. <laughs> also recommend this movie. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I think that that will about wrap us up for this week's... Uh, I feel like we've had an extra long... Well, extra long movies. We're going to have extra long episodes. On them. There's no <laughs> yeah. two ways about it. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's just a lot of movie. Yeah. Uh, so please uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Pod on both of those. Uh, Aaron, where can people find you? Uh, if they want to, they can find me on Twitter as well. I'm at Macklebase, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. And I'm at Dick R. Navis, D-A-C-K-R, D-I-C-K-R, Navis. That's, I'm, <laughs> I was raised in the Maritimes, so I got a twang. D-I-C-K. <laughs> uh, and of course, please rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice, because that helps people find the show. And if you want to chat about Lord of the Rings, we grew up nerds so we would love to please let us know what your answers to any of the the questions are mvp hottest always down to talk about it yes please let us know where you're at on those yes and uh please for me if you want to talk more light motifs and soundtrack stuff i will not shut up about it if you give me the chance (laughs) so give me the chance please give me a chance (laughs) i'm pleading pleading and begging with you uh and on that note Please join us next week as we wrap up our Lord of the Rings time with Return of the King. 
and uh, yeah, deliver you another pile <laughs> of garbage. Thanks, y'all.